Standing Ready, the podcast that gives you an inside look at the untold history of the VA's medical innovations with your hosts, Katie Della Sensory and Sean Spittler. We are talking to the director of the Million Veteran Program, and she has a, a lot of really fascinating things to say. It's such a forward-looking episode and, and kind of how we can think of the future as history. You're exactly right. I think that this program is history in the making. If you look at the Million Veteran Program, and you know it was just established 10 years ago, but there is so much potential for how this can change the lives of veterans and the whole world, really, that I think you know, 10, 20 years in the future, historians will be talking about this program and the impact it's going to have on medicine as a whole. So I love that we're sort of ending on, on this note. Today, we're joined by Sumitra Muralidar, who is the uh, director of the Million Veteran Program. Suma, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Million Veteran Program is and how did this come about? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me here, Katie. Um, so the Million Veteran Program is really a large research program that's designed to better understand the effects our genetics, environment, and lifestyle have on our health and well-being. So in order to understand how all these factors influence our health, we really needed to, to um establish a very large database that has all these types of information, health information, a lifestyle, military experience, and genetics. And um, so we started setting up um, a way of collecting blood samples from a million veterans, um, enrolling them in the program. And it's a research program, so it's entirely voluntary. So they go through an informed consent process uh, and HIPAA authorization, and then they sign up. Um, they essentially give a blood sample for genetics and other molecular data. Uh, they do two surveys, um, one on lifestyle and the other on their military experience and, and more in-depth health information, nutrition, and all of that. And they give us access to their health records. So that's what it does. It's about setting up a, a platform, a discovery platform, if you will, to make scientific discoveries. And then the goal is to take those findings and then translate them into the clinic so we can actually use that information to improve health. Can you tell us um, how many veterans are, are signed up already and are there any demographics that the program needs more of? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to report that as of uh, February, we have crossed the 870,000 veterans and we are getting very close to our million uh, milestone. And you know, when we initially launched this program, we opened it up to any veteran who gets at least part of the care uh, within the VA. And so we were taking all comers to just get to these large numbers. Um, but when we looked at the demographic breakdown of who has enrolled in the program, it aligns very well with uh, who enrolls in the VHA. For example, if you look at gender, it's it's about 90% male and 10%, close to 10% female. Um, and then if you look at race, we're actually doing a little bit better than the VHA uh, percentage. We are close to 20% of Blacks enrolled. Uh, we have about 8% Hispanics 
in, in this cohort. Um, and it's very small representation of Asians and Native Americans and other um, minority populations. But in the recent years, we have tried to now focus on how do we fill those gaps? How do we enhance the number of the underrepresented um, demographics in this cohort? And that is very important because, you know, historically, most genetic studies have been done in people, largely male of European descent. And so the findings from those studies are not always applicable across all populations. And so this is one of our strengths. We do have a pretty diverse population. Uh, we did roll out a women's campaign last year just to increase the number of women enrolled in the program. Um, and we're now looking at doing similar focused campaigns with different groups of the, that are underrepresented in, in the Marine Veteran Program. This is a pretty big and ambitious program. Can you talk about how this kind of came about and and how some of those early days of, of you know, deciding that this was this was really something that would be worth focusing on and be worth getting a million veterans? How, how did this come about? Yeah, sure. Um, so this was back around 2005 or 2006. You know, um, in 2003, the human DNA was completely sequenced. Um, and there were a lot, there was like an explosion of uh, genomic technologies, way to understand the, the sequencing uh, and make sense of it. And so at that time, the Undersecretary for Health, uh, Dr. Jonathan Perlin, was very interested in seeing how can we leverage this information and this, these technologies to improve the health and well-being of veterans? And so he actually charged the Office of Research and Development uh, to come up with a uh, an initiative that might uh, help with this. And so we um, established an advisory committee, brought together some of the best and the brightest brains from around the country and established an advisory committee. And uh, this included, you know, a director of NIH like Francis Collins. We had Dr. Watson, who is the director for the American College of Medical Genetics. And I, you know, I'll forget some names, so I won't go and name everybody, but we had really people who were big, uh, who had made huge contributions in the area of genetics and health on our advisory board. We had academic affiliates represented. We had our VA's best scientists. We also had a veteran on the, on the advisory committee. And so it started with them. So how do we get started? And the first thing was we wanted to know, well, what do veterans think about this? You know, would they, what would their expectations be of this? What are their concerns? Do they understand? How much do they understand about genetics and health? And uh, if we build it, will they come, right? So that was the question. And so we then took upon ourselves uh, to go about and do a large number of focus groups and surveys of veterans to get a better understanding of all this. And it was very encouraging, like, you know, almost 70% of veterans said that if we had a program like this, they would, they would enroll. And they were very supportive of the VA doing something like this. And the striking piece was that, was the altruism. They, they didn't expect anything in return. They, they looked at this as well. If we can help other veterans, our brothers and sisters, uh, we would do this. That was the, that was the spirit, you know, that what we saw. So taking all that encouraging information, we then brought together a group of people from within the VA um, who 
are leaders in epidemiology and genetics. Uh, and uh, together, we actually got together in a little um, place in Rockville and kind of uh, sequestered ourselves for two days, you know, just to brainstorm. Look at all the results that we've got from the focus groups and surveys and what can we do in the VA? Um, and the, you know, we had a lot of good things going for us in the VA. You know, we are a research program embedded in a healthcare system with some of the best scientists and clinicians. Most of our researchers are actually clinicians who treat veterans, you know, so that's a plus. And we have one of the best electronic medical health records in the world, you know, that goes back about 30 years. So we had much of the pieces that could make VA an ideal place to roll out and build a program like this. And then, so the first, the big question was, how big do we go? You know, it looks like if we start building this, veterans are interested, but how big do we make this? And so it was like, do we do 100,000? Do we do 500,000? And then actually that evening over dinner, um, Dr. Mike Gaziano, who is one of the, the, the principal investigators of this program and from Boston, VA healthcare system, uh, he was just writing on a piece of napkin, million veteran program, MVP, and that kind of really resonated with everybody and said, let's go for a million. Um, and um, that's how the name came about. And, and the reason is that we really need large numbers of people. If you want to understand what role genetics play in any particular condition, health condition, we need very large numbers of people who have that condition and an even larger number of people without it. So we can actually compare these results and make these discoveries. And um, so we, uh, you know, we, we had a small biobank uh, in the uh, Boston VA. And so we thought, well, that's something that we can expand on the infrastructure to, to um, build a huge biobank. If you want to enroll a million veterans and get samples from all of them, uh, we really needed a very large capacity, a biobank that could house the samples, ways to develop processing it, uh, collecting the blood samples from veterans from across the country. You know, how do we collect them? Do we have staff at sites? Um, and that's how we started, actually, with, you know, in small pieces, building piece by piece. We, um, most of everything was by mail until, until a few years ago when we launched an online portal. So the United States Postal Service really served as well. You know, it was, we've sent over 8 million pieces of mail uh, to veterans, inviting them to participate. And we funded staff, we started small. The first veteran was enrolled at the Boston VA healthcare system, and then uh, at West Haven. And then slowly we expanded to, uh, we had nine Vanguard sites uh, where we tested the entire process end to end to make sure it works. And then we expanded 25 sites, 50 sites, and now we are at over 60 um, main hospitals and about 70 community-based outpatient clinics. So we're at several points of care now, enrolling in person as well as we have an online portal launched. But it took a lot of people, it took a village really, a lot of expertise in, in various areas of health, genetics, research, uh, human subjects research in particular, to build this and bring it to where it is today. How many years does this go back again? So we uh, launched the program formally in 2011. So last year was our 10th anniversary. 
Okay, has has that been long enough for the program to reveal anything interesting? Uh, yes. So about five years ago, we we didn't wait to complete, you know, enrolling all veterans before we started right. uh, the science. You know, so five years ago, we opened up the data for uh, VA researchers. We beta tested it, and then to a large number of researchers, we have about thirty five projects that are ongoing now. And because of the large numbers, we've made uh, we've identified new genetic markers for a number of diseases, whether it's heart disease okay. uh, or PTSD, um, chronic kidney disease, and many other illnesses. Uh, and some of these findings have actually been in Blacks and Hispanics in some cases. Okay. So we've been able to, but this is the first uh, first part. We find, we make a discovery. Now, taking it from here to being able to use it in the clinic is still a long way, but but we are we have started to make scientific discoveries that are being published in very reputed scientific journals. Now, I, you said something that's very interesting, um, and I want to make sure that we touch on that because you said that there's genetic markers for PTSD, which I think is quite fascinating. Can you touch on that any more uh, or any more depth to that? Well, at this point, it's just the very initial findings. Um, you know, in PTSD, there are different symptoms, you know, startling or having uh, nightmares and different types of subtypes of PTSD. So we were able to find genetic markers that are specific for some of these subtypes of PTSD. Um, and uh, one marker, particularly in Blacks. Uh, and so we now have to validate these markers. We also found that some of them actually are the same markers that are important for other mental health conditions like depression and anxiety. And so there might be, you know, these common biological pathways that are involved in a lot of these uh, conditions. And so this gives us clues to, you know, if what biological pathways are impacted, we could find new treatments for these illnesses. So that's the direction where we're, we're heading in right now. Is this the largest genetic study in the world at the moment, or it, it seems it seems like just it, it's such a large program? Is it one of the world's largest? It is one of the world's largest. It's the largest in the United States, and if you look at healthcare system-based programs on genetics and health, this is the largest in the world as well, as far as we can tell. You know, some we don't know if things aren't available as public information. We don't know. But as far as we know, this is the largest. And what are some of the biggest successes? Maybe this kind of ties into my previous question, but what are some of the the biggest successes and and some of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced? Well, I think even just being able to create this large database is a huge success. You know, when uh, getting to the 100,000, it never been done in the VA before. No research study had enrolled 100,000 people. And now... You know, right. We're talking about 870,000 plus. And so that itself, in and of itself, is a huge success, I would say. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when we started uh, isolating and, you know, kind of uh, figuring out what genetic markers are uh, present, we have to use what is called a, a chip. That's what we use for identifying the genetic markers. Um, so initially, we've even with the chip we had, we were able to get some markers uh, from uh, Blacks and Hispanics, for example, but we found that they weren't good enough. So we then created a customized chip that is enhanced for discovery in these minority populations. 
So I think that's another huge piece we are contributing to not just the VA, but to the world that um, right. this is possible. And, um, you know, a, a biobank that can now process this many samples coming in um, and generating data, that's a huge thing. And so, and then and having some results, scientific results, the initial ones, not just for the general population, but also in some of these subpopulations, I would say is a big success. And whatever we find here within the Million Veteran Program, for most of the chronic diseases, it's not just important for veterans, it's going to inform everybody else too, so all people. So what we learn here will uh, help with that. And then I think, um, more recently, we've had studies come out that are that are related to breast cancer screening in women, um, and and that's sort of giving us the impetus. Like we need to have enroll enroll more women and do more studies in women. So that's another piece that we've learned recently. Um, and being able to successfully uh, launch a digital uh, campaign to enroll women has taught us how we can now expand this beyond to have more focused campaigns. Now, you mentioned a chip. Is that it's a computer chip? No, it's not a computer chip. Actually, it's a biological chip. It essentially has little okay. markers on it. And by using that, you can if you take a DNA from a person and you kind of layer on it, it will light up the sections where it matches with those markers. And that's how you identify, does this person have this particular marker or not? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. A chemical chip, I should say. You've discussed enrolling a little bit. Has how's that grown over time? Was it easy to enroll people in the study in, in initially, or have you found? Did you find that it was a slow going at first, and then a lot of people started to enroll and, and telling other veterans about this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you know, word of mouth and this peer to peer communication is really important. Um, so I think first year we enrolled a little under 10,000 veterans and then it kind of really started uh, getting larger from there 100,000 um i think it's 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 about all about communication and the altruism of veterans you know they want to help other veterans uh, and um i think that played a big role and also the high touch you know we had people at a va medical center talking to the veterans, explaining the program, answering all their questions. You know, it's different from being online and just doing this on your own. Uh, so we had this really very personal feel to this program, and we still do. And I think our veterans have really enjoyed that. Um, and I think it's the numbers started growing from there. And we've partnered with a lot of other program offices within the VA. Uh, and also with the veteran service organizations. Uh, about five years ago, we actually started attending their summer um, VSO meetings. We have, we have booths at those meetings, we enroll, we give talks at those uh, meetings. So that's been another uh, way of you know, spreading the word and bringing people to the program. And, uh, and I do want to mention a very exciting point. When we enrolled our 500,000 veteran in the program, this was at a VSO meeting in Atlanta, and uh, President Obama had announced um, the Precision Medicine Initiative at that time. That year, he was going to be there at that meeting as a speaker. 
And he actually announced that if the program and that we enrolled the 500,000 veteran uh, at that event. So that was very exciting. And of course, in 2019, we've launched, we launched an online portal, which came in very handy during this pandemic. You know, as you know, we had to shut down uh, in-person enrollment in 2020, in March 2020. And uh, we are still just now ramping sites back up. It's not fully back up yet. Um, but the online portal allowed us to then test that mechanism to see, you know, if veterans will be willing to do it uh, online. And we have over 10,000 veterans enrolled now online. We're still perfecting that process. So uh, this is a history of innovation podcast. I'm going to steal Katie's thunder a little bit, our historian here. And I want to know, what do you think MVP's place in history will be? Wow. I think we're creating the legacy here. So I think we, we will be driving precision medicine, the future of medicine. It's really what we want. Like when a veteran comes to visit a doctor at a medical center, we want the doctors to have access to all this information, but, you know, about the genetic risk for a disease or... Um, you can also talk about how responses to medications that's depend upon genetics as well. So whether you can have, whether you're at a greater risk, whether there are medical medications that work better for you, and can we prevent some of these illnesses? We want to tailor treatment and diagnosis and prevention to a particular person rather than have just a general, um, you know, one size fits all type of medicine. So I think we. MVP will be is driving the precision medicine in the VA, and we will probably uh, teach a lot of the rest of the world too about this, how to go about this. You know, there are a lot of gaps like um, provider um, education, patient education. There's a lot of things to do to be able to um, deploy this in, in, in the clinics, in the clinical space. And so I think MVP will be a leader in this. Suma, I can, I can just sense the history around this. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to share so much about this uh, program with us. But um, I do kind of want to touch on the future. You know, you're, you're close, you're nearing in on that millionth veteran. What is the future after that? What, what, does, the, what does the future hold for MVP? So we are not going to stop at a million. So we'll keep the program open for any veterans who, who want to continue to join the program. But our goal, what we're focusing on now are um, three things, actually. The first thing is to improve the diversity of the cohort. So we're looking at these very focused campaigns. How can we increase the number of underrepresented populations? And not only by demographics, but also by the conditions represented. Uh, we are in the process of actually launching a, a sub-initiative under MVP called MVP Mind and we're trying to enroll 50,000 veterans with serious mental illness so we can really have a focused uh, group where we can study the genetics of mental illness. Um, so we can also, so we are looking at how can we expand the program and increase these underrepresented health conditions uh, as well as demographics. That's one piece. The second piece is you can collect all the data in the world, but if nobody's analyzing it or you don't have enough uh, people accessing the data and analyzing it, uh, it's of no use. 
And it actually speaks to one of the things that I I did not answer, uh, Sean, you asked me about challenges, and that's about having sufficient scientific computing. You know, we are pioneers. Nobody has uh, sequenced, we are sequencing, you know, over 100,000, close to 140,000 veterans uh, have their samples sequenced entirely. The whole, it's called whole genome sequencing. And no one has dealt with this much amount of data. How do you process it? How do you make this available for researchers? So our the second um, looking at the future is how do we, there'll probably be a lot of new tools and new ways of anal anal analyzing this data that will come out of MVP as well. So we're looking at that, making the data available broadly to researchers. Uh, right now it's only open to researchers within the VA who have VA appointments, but in the future it will be open um, to researchers across the country within the VA and outside the VA. So that's the second piece. And then the third piece looking into the future is this clinical translation piece, which is really the reason we're doing this all. That's, the, that's why we're here. And so uh, we've established a task, task force to um, look at the different ways we can take the scientific discoveries from MVP and make it applicable uh, in the clinic for our veterans and beyond. So that's that's where we're headed. Uh, I think it might be important to address, like this is not a program like 23andMe. This is not where the veteran is gonna receive information back telling them about their genetic history, correct? That's correct. So this is set up entirely as a research program. And so we are not giving out individual level results. Um, at this point, we are doing two pilots where we can, uh, where we would have to validate those results. So you, we don't have to, we can give out these research results as they are. We would have to get another blood specimen collected in what is called um, a clear compliant way. And that that's what's done. If you want to use those genetic results for clinical uh, application to make clinical decisions, you have to have it done in a certain way. And we would have to do that uh, before we can return individual level results. So this is just, you know, to for scientific discovery primarily, and then to find ways to validate it and then return results. Interesting. So not off the table entirely in the future as a possibility. Yeah. Okay. But it would be different than 23andMe uh, in the sense that, you know, we are within a healthcare system. So we also want to have all the pieces there, the providers that, need to know what's happening, uh, provide genetic counseling to veterans when they need it. So we have to put all these other pieces of infrastructure in place before we do that. The pilots we're doing now will uh, inform us about all that. Suma, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you share with us where veterans can find more information about MVP? Yes. So the best way is to go to our portal, mvp.va.gov. Uh, and that will give them all the information on how to enroll, get more information. We also have an MVP information center that they can call and they can talk to somebody about it and get more information as well. And all that information is on our mvp.va.gov. Thank you again, Suma, so much. Um, just We loved having you. This is a really fascinating topic. Well, thank you, Sean, and thank you, Katie. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We're really excited to, to see you get to that million. Thank you. Thank you. We need everybody's support and cheering. Woo!